just try this and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Once you feel this energy, you can't go back. Welcome to the Dr. Lori Marbus podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and you were just listening to Lori Reed, an incredibly inspirational story of overcoming not only food addiction, but alcohol addiction. She shares her story and insights and transformation, not only spiritually, but physically, losing over 100 pounds. And I can't wait for you to enjoy her just delightful nature and how she's so open to sharing her vulnerabilities. And honestly, I grew from this interaction in this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Have a great day, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Lori Marvis podcast, and I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I am so honored to introduce another Lori to you, and it's spelled correctly. Ms. Lori Reed, how are you today? I'm totally blessed. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story, especially as this is the first time you've shared it on a kind of this type of platform. So I'm eager to really get started and get to know you as a person and your story. So can we kind of go back to where you were, you know, you had mentioned that you were a vegetarian, but eating a lot of junk food, and then there were some alcohol issues involved. So if you don't mind sharing kind of where this all began and, and how it all progressed. Oh, okay. Let's see. Well, I'll start with uh, when I was um, uh, a teenager. I uh, had uh, a weight issue as a child. I had no weight issue. As a teenager, I had a weight issue, and that was in you know sixties, early seventies, where you know you were really pressed to be very thin and um, and all that. So I uh, developed an eating disorder. Uh, I developed anorexia and I, um, but I wasn't treated for that. It wasn't to the point of needing treatment. Um, and then I went away to school and I was away from home. I wasn't used to being away from home. Um, and, um, I started at that point to more binge eat and drink alcohol. And so that started a long um, trip of um, drinking and uh, weight fluctuations. Uh, I, I started at 15 being a, a vegetarian. Um, I do two ethical reasons and just, I just was really repulsed by meat. Um, but I did eat a lot of dairy products. Uh, I went up and down in my weight probably every year, every, every year I gained and lost weight. Um, I got pregnant with my, uh, with my son and I, I, that was one really good thing. I was really mindful. I ate very well and all that. Um, however, I still continued to eat a lot of sugar, uh, addicted to sugar, candy, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> so during that time, how many years did you have your eating disorder, the anorexia, and then was binge eating? Like, how did you come out of that? I mean, did you receive I, treatment? I, I, I did. I was... Um, I was six, 16 or 17, and then 
I was anorexic um, and then I graduated and I went to college and continued with, with that. But like I said, it wasn't to the point, I mean, I was just really, really thin and eating like 400 calories a day, which mm. is not too good. And, um, and then I, I, I got interested in college and then I got interested in uh, my career choice. And mm. so I went into, um, uh, the field of psychology to be a licensed psychiatric technician. Hmm. And I, um, I went away to school, but this was in the seventies, you know, and things are really different. Then. Right. And, uh, um, so I, I was, I, I ate from due to stress. I was an emotional eater, um, uh, due, and due to, I learned later, because I'm in a program of recovery at the time, I learned a lot. Mm. And I learned that I'm a person who, uh, uh, as a lot of people can probably relate to, it's all or nothing. You know, I either eat a whole cake or I starve myself. <laughs> so. Was there some trauma in your childhood that led to this type of eating disorder? Or was it just the peer pressure? Um, I... I think I had, I had a good childhood. I had uh, a wonderful, loving mother, but it was very atypical. Mm-hmm. My mother was really eccentric, and uh, I had—I was an only child. As I, I lived as an only child, and um, she had—I was with a lot of babysitters, and the situations in those homes wasn't always. Um, the best, mm-hmm. let's say, and I, I, I really don't know what to attribute it to. I was I, just being an only child sometimes, and and just being in those situations can really be, um, you know, just kind of being thrown into different situations all the time, and some of them extremely dysfunctional. Um, probably had some kind of bearing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was wonderful, though, very loving. I have no. She did the best she could. She was single mom, and that was back in the day, you know. She was an RN, and wow. she loved me. <laughs> That's all that matters, that she loved you. Yeah. So then you went to college. You had the drinking and the eating issues going on, yes. and then you had your son, and then did you stop drinking, and you were eating better at that time as well? Yes, yes. Okay. When I when I got pregnant, I had the wherewithal to stop drinking for that time. I hadn't um, really. I was just a heavy drinker. I had uh, crossed, as they say in recovery. You know, you're a um, you're a cucumber, and then you cross that line, and then you're a pickle. You know, and you can never go back to being that cucumber. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But no, wow. like, you know, that cucumber that wasn't really, hadn't really crossed the line. You know, I was just gotcha. a heavy drinker. Yeah, okay. really, really heavy drinker. Okay. And then after your child was born, what happened then? Then um, I, I was fine. I continued to have a weight problem. I was always very nutrition uh, oriented into nutrition. In college, I had uh, majored in behavior science and minored in nutrition. So I was I always wanted to to make sure that my children were healthy. 
I went on to have a daughter and I, you know, was also very conscientious with her. But between those times, it was, it was brutal. It was um, drinking, binge eating, um, you know, I was married to their father and um, just going along and um, not really dealing with um, uh, those symptoms, what was underlying all that. Why were you drinking? Do you, was there a reason or was it just like, what, are you trying um, to numb something? Because I'm trying to figure out, because there's a lot of people who relate to this and then they, yeah. you know, you, you'll talk later about how you stop drinking and eat more. So yeah. was, was there um, something? I, I, what I, well, what I learned, what I've learned since I've been sober in my program of recovery, um, is that I have a, uh, you know, that's, this is how I cope with, you know, I'm very sensitive to the world. And, um, when I took the first drink, I knew I just felt something. I felt a change come over me. I felt like I could cope with my life. And that mm-hmm. kind of started me on that. Everything, everything was, I'm real sensitive to, to different, um, I'm very emotional and it's, it was very hard for me to kind of exist in that world without having something to, you know, I felt get me stabilized or I don't know. I just, I love the feeling. I love the feeling. I felt confident. Uh, you know, I really had a lot of confidence and I felt like I, I, I could, didn't have to deal with the, the everyday pain, even though there was nothing really major. It was my perception of that Hmm. pain, you know, just, it was every, a lot of things were overwhelming. And so that's just how I coped with my life, you know, and then I worked in a field that was very stressful but I was very passionate about it. I worked at the state hospital. Oh. Uh, I had 40 years of a, a career in uh, mental health. And I worked in state hospitals, private facilities, prison. Mm. You know, so I, I was always very in tune with a pers- people who, suffering people. Mm. And sometimes I, I've noticed when people are in tune with that, it's hard not to take it in on you. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, I can only imagine some of the stories that you could tell with seeing mental illness in prisons and then state hospitals. Yes. Because that's kind of the last stop, right, in mental health is a state-run facility. Right, but I worked with also developmentally disabled where they were, you know, had the brain damage and they were very violent and, um, you know, we had to manage their behavior and, um, I got a lot of injuries in my career, wow. you know, but nonetheless, I wouldn't have picked anything else. It, it's just, I, I'm passionate about it. That's wonderful. And thank you for serving those who not other people want to serve. I think that's wonderful. So now you have two children yes. and as you're moving along in life and did your family say anything about your drinking or the eating or anything at all? No, no, nobody really did. Uh, my husband, he, he is the type of person, he doesn't have a drinking problem. So he didn't really see 
he didn't really see it much of a problem just because I did work. You know, I was very responsible uh, with my children. I worked and I, um, uh, you know, managed uh, my a full-time job and just doing the regular duties and stuff of a mom. My children were my world, uh, completely obsessed with my children. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know this so, feeling. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, completely obsessed. So I, I think maybe that kept me right on that edge from going to the real dark side. <laughs> oh, see. So your children are kind of your anchor to reality and, the, and it kept you enough that you never would fall off that cliff. Right. You never were pickled. You were right. always the, still, the cucumber walking the edge. Yes. Walking the edge. And I, but I still, I would eat, I would gain a bunch of weight, you know, I would do a lot of emotional eating and sugar, just the sugar and the, the refined um, products. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't stop eating those products um, mm-hmm. at all. I've tried every diet from everything, cabbage soup diet, uh, you know, everything you, you know, typical right. people try from all those years, seventies and all those diets that came out and I tried them, you know, but I was never able to really do anything that was, um, sustainable, um, where I felt good, um, you know, I just was never able to. And I, I always did a lot of research, nutritional re- research as well. So what finally happened, you said six years ago that you became sober. What what was the turning point and said enough is enough? Well, um, so, well, kind of back up, like my, my both my kids are, uh, were served in the military. Okay. I'm very proud of them. Yeah. So, and my son had gone into the military and he was sent overseas. And so that was really stressful for me. And they had left the home and that empty nest thing, mm-hmm. uh, that really, that did me in. Mm-hmm. And that's when okay. I stepped up drinking. Wow. So at that point, how much were you drinking? Um, I started drinking two or three bottles of wine. Uh, a night. Um, And then I just kept, I kept drinking hard liquor. I had a high tolerance. I was one of these people that never blacked out, never particularly had a hangover. Mm -hmm. Um, But I drank copious amounts of alcohol. Okay. And at that point, did it affect anything that you were working or anything like that? Oddly enough, I would just get up, I would go to work and um, I, I managed, and I, I mean, only to me, it's only my, my higher power that that's it. That's all, right? All that, you know. So, um, and I, you know, put myself in, in as people who drink do, who you know, alcoholics do, in um, dangerous situations, and uh, it's a miracle I, I came out alive, and um, and I kept my job by so you know the grace of. Higher power. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, but then I came to a bottom uh, where I just was going to die. I didn't. I didn't want to. As much as I had everything to live for, I had grandchildren and children, but I couldn't. I felt very hopeless. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could ever stop drinking. Mm-hmm. I thought this is it. I can't. This is how I'm going to go out. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So what was it that pulled you out of that bottom of the barrel? Um, well, I attribute it to intervention by my higher power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, that's what I, I say because it was, it was a miracle. I all of us, something, and I don't really, I can't explain it. All of a sudden I hit a bottom where I knew that I, you know, I, I felt so, so hopeless and I, I prayed and I, and I just said, you know, I just begged and begged for help. I begged and begged anything. I'll do anything. I was at the point of desperation where I was willing, I didn't care what I had to do. Mm -hmm. I couldn't live in this hopeless um, condition. No. So what was your first words or thoughts in your mind like for you to take action? Like was, what was that moment? Um, let's see. Just, you know, sitting there, all of a sudden I had a moment of clarity uh, I was in a horrible relationship at the time. I had divorced my husband, you know, quite a few years before that. I was in a horrible relationship, and I just had this moment of clarity where I thought, okay, let me try one more thing. Because I had tried to quit drinking on my own a million times. I couldn't do it. I go, okay, I'm at the last stop. And so, and that's why I, I attribute to higher power because there's no way I could have just come up with that. It was just, it just was a moment of clarity, mm. you know? And then um, I went into a program of recovery and um, it was very, you know, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Was this an inpatient facility? Um, no, I didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. I just was led to something and which I can't really... You know, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but I was led to something and that's where complete divine intervention transpired. I, there's no other way to, you know, to do it because on my own power, there's no way. There's yeah, no- absolutely. Well, I have a strong faith, so I truly <laughs> understand the, and it's interesting because I see this as, as a believer. I'm a Christian. I believe in, in God and in Jesus and such. And so for someone in the scientific field, you know, they sometimes there's harsh judgment for those who claim a faith when people, you know, they they claim to be atheists. But I think it almost takes a faith also not to believe in something. But, it, you know, there's not science that says this is exactly how the world developed, but there, it takes a faith to be an atheist. And so, yes. you know, I, I personally can't look at the world around us and the amazing everyday miracles of just the, the nature and everything that's evolved around us in, a, in this amazing system of this life in this world and not attribute that to an intelligent being who designed it. So for Absolutely. me, I understand that. And I think it's really cool if you can... Would you mind diving into kind of what was transpiring in your mind, in your heart during that, what you describe as a divine intervention, just to surely share with people that there is this spiritual aspect that many times we neglect. You know, we talk about mental health, we talk about our physical health, but there's a spirit, um, our energy here that really is a very important attribute to life. And I think that's what really honestly is 
the drawing factor of love and those type of things. Would you mind no, sharing I'm that not with us? Because um, for me, uh, my relationship uh, with God, as I call my higher power, is the most important thing. Um, and uh, my my daily sobriety and the, the gift and miracle of my daily sobriety is contingent upon my relationship with my, with God. So, um, I just was completely done with me, you know, done with all of my, um, I got this, you know, that was my motto. I got this, you know, (laughs) and I don't have this. I'm powerless. I'm powerless. And, and, and only, and, and, and as I, I went into a program of recovery and the God consciousness that was there did its magic slowly. Um, And it was very slow because I was so broken. I I was so broken. I just go, okay, okay. I trust you, God. So I'm just going to go and you do what you got to do. You know, it's going to be complete and utter trust and, just going with it. So I learned tools and then I went through the, you know, what was, I was told to do. Uh, and it was, it, it's come to, it comes to where you, you come to that meeting uh, and you get a real clear vision of uh, character defects and things that God reveals to you because you're, you're ready. Mm. No, it can't. I couldn't move. I couldn't move forward unless I was really willing to be humble and go, okay, God, you know, you know, I don't care what I discover. I don't care how much pain because you're by my side. You're with me all the way. And I just have to plod forth. So (laughs) he, he gave you the courage and the insight to do the work, right? The internal work to claim, to claim your, your rightful ownership in life, but realizing that it's not on your own power that would that oh, be a- yeah there's no way <laughs> no right, way. absolutely because i was 57 you know mm-hmm. so i'd been out in the world doing that damage to myself all those years wow i mean so it's a humbling moment but it's also it's almost like a, a confident boost too because now you're like huh I don't have to be responsible anymore for this like god's gonna lead me down the path that i need to be in health and prosperity and thriving in the sense of, of everything. Correct. I mean, I think that's the one thing as, um, we did a, uh, a mission trip to Uganda a couple of years ago. And I think the one thing that was so shocking coming from the U S and going to a place where there's utter poverty, um, is just how those with the faith, how strikingly at peace and happy they were, even though they had nothing of any physical, things that would be attributable to anything that would make anybody happy. You know, people always think, well, once I get this job or once I have this, or once I can do that, I'll be happy. Um, but there are always, there's always this internal turmoil because once you get that, it's like, oh, well, that's not it. And so they search for something else, but it's internal, right? It's this, it's this divine presence that God's here. It's like, Hey, I got you. And so it's kind of the cool thing about, you know, I think that's where that internal peace, when you meet people who just have this, peace about them, even in the most horrible turmoil. I'm reading a book, um, uh, Man's Search for Meeting um, by, uh, what's his name? Nicholas, ah, 
can't come in, but it's a gentleman who survived. Um, Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel. Yes, yeah, Victor Frankel. Yes, Man Search for Meeting. And um, I just started yesterday. I've already read like seventy pages. It's a little book, not not that, ex- but it's just so incredible to me how he explains the psychological you coming from the mental health aspect of suffering, right? And how there's some of those who can, you know, he's talking about his internal dialogue that he would have with his wife, that he didn't know if she was even living. But when he was suffering through these most horrible, horrific physical illness and work and just starvation, how he was able to bring himself up with just this internal dialogue that he was having with her, but he's like, she was really there. It was this presence. And, you know, it's, it's funny in how he talks about, and I'm just now getting into the, the good part of the book. I mean, it's all good, but where he talks about even how faith and spirituality just really thrived in such horrid circumstances. Um, it's where you're at a, a point to yourself where you have no control. And so it's, it's really fascinating to me. Um, I mean, that I don't know if that will ring true with you and oh, absolutely. resonate with That's you. That's one of my favorite books of all time, actually. Yeah, it's a really um, cool book. Very powerful. I could just, it really spoke to me when I read it. Wow. Um, well, yeah, it, 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 you know, because to me, I can only say for myself, it's the seeking, the seeking, the seeking. Well, you know, well, surely this is going to fix me. Surely this is going to fix mm. me. No, none of that. None of that. Because mm. only... Only the presence, uh, uh, the presence of God in my life, you know, is, you know, is, is the eternal, you know, look at things eternal, not things temporal. Right. And that's what I, that's, that's how I eventually, I always, uh, you know, loved God and, um, but I never, I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect was. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's like we, we, I think honestly for myself, I know it was pride in the sense that I got this, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And, um, it's a humbling moment when you say I need to have the personal relationship with the creator. So that's how I see it. And people may disagree with our stake on it, but I will tell you going through the things that I've gone through in my life, the loss of my brother, um, at 22, um, and just other things, very ugly things that happened in my life. Just that alone, that faith was the only thing that brought me through. And so, cause I mean, you can get into some dark places, right? You can really start speaking things to yourself that are not healthy. <laughs> and so I think that's when you get to that point that that's where that relationship is so very important and it will pull you through if you allow it. And so. Oh, absolutely. Oh That's my, awesome. oh my God. <laughs> yes. I can see, I can see how I was carried, yeah. carried the whole way, just gently loved, um, and carried yeah. through, you know, yeah. and then, um, I, I, uh, I believe that, uh, uh, God, uh, uses people, uses me. I need to be a conduit um, and uh, service, as much service as I can do. That's what, you know, for me, that's, I don't know, that's what connects me. <laughs> you're, you're, and again, going back to man's search for meaning, um, your purpose, right? Um, so it's your purpose of 
you know, you, you went through these circumstances and now your purpose is to, it sounds like, cause you have a drawing for those with a drawing to those with mental health issues and are struggling and hurting. So it sounds like you're, you're a healer in a sense that you want to be drawn to those to help them. And so I think that's so beautiful when people actually find their purpose and they can align their life, their activities with that, because it, that's where you really begin to love life, right? Even if it's hard sometimes and a struggle, it's where you're like, whoa, this is where I can really make an impact. And this is where God needs me to be. And it's just so satisfying. I don't know how else to describe it. How would you describe that? Yes. It, well, exactly. Exactly. Because to me, if I, I do my best and I, I ask God to get me out of the way, let's say, mm. get me out of the way, you know, so I can allow you to, to guide me into your purpose. Mm. So um, when, once, I, once I'm able to, you know, do that on a daily basis, things magically come to me, you know, they, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. right on. And things line up, you know, but I present my, my heart's desire to God. Uh, and, but of course God knows what I need. I don't know what I need <laughs> to me. God knows what I need before I need it. <laughs> so, of course, you know, so, so then I'm like, okay, God, you, you know, you see the big picture. I don't. And that's what I have to remind myself whenever I get caught up in the little minutia of <laughs> daily stuff. Um, I'm like, okay, you, you see the big picture, you take over because I'm done. <laughs> wow. yeah. And that's where the miracles happen. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> and that's when your miracle began to happen, right? So yes. this was six years ago. So tell us ago. what has evolved in those last six years. Well, um, I, when I stopped drinking, I, I gained even more weight than I normally would gain because you're, you know, you're so focused on drink. Oh, you just don't want to pick up that drink. So mm-hmm. all the other things, like when you first get into recovery, all, everything else, you know, you're told like, okay, just eat, do whatever, whatever for right now. It's just right now. Just don't pick up that drink and then everything will work itself out later. And that was excellent advice. Excellent advice because, it, you know, when you're you know, when you stop drinking or using drugs, um, you know, it's very overwhelming and you can't put too much on yourself. You just have to focus on doing what you're supposed to be doing, right, and, and, and not worry about all these other things. Just, you know, and then trusting, trusting, okay, you know, let me just do this. But um, I, you know, I was older and I had injuries from uh, my career. I had arthritis, I had joint injuries, and then I had an injury from a drunk episode (laughs) where I shattered my lower leg and I had rods and pins. And one would think that would stop me from drinking, but no, it didn't. So I had that and there was swelling uh, associated with that all the time. And so I had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis. Um, What else? I had energy, but not, I'm so-so, you know, Mm. not, you know, didn't sleep as well as I would like to. Wow. So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, Joint yeah. discomfort, swelling yeah. from a prior injury. Yes. 
difficulty with your sleeping, yet you still continued forward. And then what happened? And then I, I, of course I, again, I, I attribute everything to, to God because I did, to me, I did what I was supposed to be doing at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was allowing God to work through me and, and, and helping others in recovery and stuff, which was the most probably spiritual experience I ever had, right. you know? And so I, I was going along like that. And then I just was so tired of feeling, you know, I felt really hopeless about ever losing weight and keeping it off ever. Cause I'd been up and down so much. I thought, you know, this is just, I have to accept it. You have to accept it. It's just whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, I was, I'm always, always looking into nutritional things. And I was a vegetarian at the time. And uh, I'd be have per- periodic um, months of being a vegan. However, it was the junk food and the, and the uh, you know, the sugar and all that. Uh, still the emotional eating, you mm-hmm. know. Um, And so then I stumbled, stumbled upon Dr. McDougall. Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. McDougall. And it, and when I read his stuff, I, I thought, because it just seems so overwhelming to have to give up sugar and all that stuff. Mm. His program for me, was perfect because it was like, it, you know, the draw was you can eat all you want, you're never hungry, food tastes good, you know, I could have the carbs, you know, and I, I like that stuff. So I thought, well, you know, I mean, what do I have to lose? I, I never thought I would actually lose weight. Mm. Um, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to feel better because my age was taking a toll and I have grandchildren. And now that I'm clean and sober, I didn't get clean and sober to be fat and sick. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought, okay, this is the next kind of stage. I I need to just, you know, move forward. And so then I started doing his program and I started, I mean, it was a matter of like two weeks before I started to feel differently, you know, and the swelling was going down and um, I was like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> what is really going on? And so then I, I, I followed it and I would, it wasn't, and it wasn't fast. It was, you know, I thought, oh, well, if I lose like 30 pounds, I'll be happy guy. I'll be happy. Okay that's good. Right. It's not my ideal weight, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get off blood pressure medicine. Um, I don't like, didn't like being on that and, uh, cholesterol, not low, high cholesterol and stuff. So I just, I just kind of progressed. And then I noticed that, well, what do you know? I'm losing weight and, and I'm not hungry. And, I feel on top of the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like, gosh, what's going on, you know? And then also to me, because I have a really strong ethical um, 
bend about with animals. I'm very bound to animals, very, very bound. Mm. Um, just very close. Uh, my animals saved me a lot of times as far as like, you know, and so um, I, I was having more of a, a spiritual connection. I felt, and I don't know, this may sound strange, but eating this way is so compassionate and nonviolent and that's kind of my basic way of being, mm-hmm. you know, and it's such a loving way to exist that it just propagated all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I just felt more of a spiritual, you know, I'd get in my quiet time, I'd say, okay, <laughs> I don't understand, but I don't have to understand. I must be doing something that you want me to do. Right. <laughs> you know? I like how you describe that, a loving way to exist. Because I think that's the one thing that I noticed when I go to, for example, conferences um, that are, you know, plant-based nutrition, scientific conferences, and there's, you know, a thousand physicians there, a thousand healthcare providers. It's a different crowd. It's a passionate, loving family. So whenever I go, my husband always goes, oh, you're going to your tribe. I'm like, yes, I am. And I can't wait to see them, you know, because it's just like, it's energizing and it's just so different than if I go to a regular family practice type of conference. It's a separate issue. It's, this is like healing at its core, right? We're helping people heal and the, the joy and the passion and the, right? It's a loving way of existing. I love that. Yeah. I think that's fabulous. It's, it's, it's transformative. And people, to me, like I didn't realize the power. It can be overwhelming when you think, I don't focus on everything that's going on in the world. I have no control over that. Just control over me and what I put in my mouth and how I conduct my life, you know. And so, but it's a ripple. It's like a ripple in a pond. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that so strongly that as long as I check myself and I do and I align myself with what God would have me do in my conscience and, and everything, then, then it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just goes out, you know? And so I, I started to feel, and then I, I started to select different foods as far as like, um, so I started with Dr. McDougall's plan, mm-hmm. which, just excellent. And then I read, I've read probably 50 books so far on plant-based nutrition, every single person out there. Cause that's all I do. I don't really watch TV. I I read, you know, for fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, and I wanted to educate myself. I thought, well, maybe I can be used in this way as well. You know? So I read all these books and, um, I stumbled upon Dr. Greger's work, and that really was very helpful. And of course, T. Colin Campbell's uh, book, China Study. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then I was—I even cut out the little advertisement that I thought, okay, someday in my dreams, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this plant-based nutrition. And uh, by His grace, I had this opportunity and I completed it. So that's awesome. So you got the certificate from Cornell. That's awesome. Very good. That is fantastic. It's a great starting point to helping people leap into where they can help others coaching and different things. So what are your plans? I mean, well, tell me more. So you, you found Dr. 
Campbell and then you got the plant-based So you transit, you continue to kind of hone in on the whole yeah. foods, plant-based and yes. the assuming a variety of different foods. Yes. Yes. What I did was I, I just asked, I said, okay, you know, I asked God to help me to be in tune with, because we're all, we're all different. I, I personally believe all of us can go on a whole food plant-based diet, but mm-hmm. some people do better, let's say with more potatoes, some people more, you know, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's my experience when in mm-hmm. talking to people and reading books. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let me listen. So then I just honed in on, on things that I could really feel my body. Just, I felt who this burst of just, I, I got very sensitive to what was good for me. Hmm. Right. So, and, what does your diet consist of now? Well, I eat. Um, I follow probably Dr. Greger's um, Daily Dozen. Ah, so, which I can I share with patients all the time. So, if those who don't know, I'll show you on here. It's this little app, <laughs> and the Daily Dozen app. And when you click on it, what it does, and it's a free app, right? All the servings that you need to be consuming of the different foods. That's right. a great starting point. That's where I do, except I don't, I don't know what happened. I would eat grains, but I kind of lost my taste for grains for some reason. Hmm. Um, and so I did research to make sure it was okay, like not to eat grains. And so I, I really don't right now, but I, um, I'm real creative in the kitchen. So I uh, made, I uh, make soups. Uh, I love sweet potatoes, um, beet juice. Um, I also listen to his, uh, also another thing that's helped me and I don't know, I mean, this is a whole food turmeric. Mm-hmm. Okay. Turmeric has been amazing. Especially for your joint discomfort. I'm sure. Oh, I have no pain. Yeah. Okay. No, we're talking no pain. Mm-hmm. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I feel better than I did in my twenties. <laughs> no <Yep>. pain. <laughs> so yep. I, you know, I'll be 48 this year. My kids are all in their twenties and I feel like, well, I'm not twenties anymore. Hmm. I feel like it. (laughs) Well, I always look at you and I, I, I don't, you look remarkable. And I know everybody (laughs) tells you that I, you, you look like you're 20. I don't know what you do besides (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's a little genetics, but I think honestly, for me, I never did alcohol. I didn't smoke. I always ate fairly well. I always ate, I thought was well, but not well enough apparently, but the um, exercise. But for me, I think honestly, it's more than, um, I think there's an inner, the plants of course make you feel like you're glowing, right? Because you get the, the beta carotenes and all the different things. But for me, dealing with stress, I think is one thing that ages people, right? So because so I've had, I've had some serious stress in my life as we all have, but that relationship, going back to that foundation of giving you inner peace is the key. I totally agree. Totally. I, I have, I construct my life to where, to where nothing's going to rob me of my peace and serenity. It's just not. You know, it. it's not worth it. There's nothing. I'm not going to put myself in positions like that. Right. You know, I, that's not where God wants me. God doesn't want me all whacked out, you know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, he wants you here to help others that you're, 
you're on a, the path to doing that. That's I'm so excited. Yeah. I think, yes, I, I get so excited to, you know, for example, my 22 uh, year old Jonathan. And so all of my kids are plant-based. My daughter's 24. She's in medical school. Her fiance is also plant-based. He's also a medical student. Um, then I got my, my middle one, Jonathan, and then my young, youngest one, Gabe, he'll be 20 in October. And Jonathan um, wants to start his own plant-based company. And it's just really fun to see, be a part of that thinking, you know, if we wouldn't have changed our diet, what, six and a half years ago, and all these things that happened, I've seen some amazing ripple effects of one patient encounter that I had. And I think, wow, if, if I hadn't been, by the grace of God, accepting of that, I would have missed out on this incredible, like my life just took a little degree turn and it just took off. And it's just really fun to see, you know, what, what else is in store just because I tell people to eat vegetables. <laughs> so it's just, it's really fun, but to see him also thrive and be a part of that and help him grow. And so that's just, you know, one aspect of the family member, but, but it's fun to see the ripple effects, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I heard you talk about how uh, I was listening when you were talking about your one son that got into that accident. Gabriel, yes. Gabriel, He's... how he got in that accident and how he healed. Uh, remarking out, uh, it was remarkable how he healed because he was so healthy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, that kid tried to take out a tree with a snowboard <laughs> and the tree won. <laughs> Praise God, he's alive. Um, yeah. But he had uh, 22 screws and two plates. And, um, and just in one bone alone was six fractures of the tibia. And the fibula, which is the little bone next to the tibia and the shin um, and the lower leg, um, it was parts of it were completely dust. And by the seventh or eighth day, he had completely zero pain. Um, and the swelling had completely resolved. Um, they couldn't get over it. They're like, wow. And then the skin healed so quickly. But I had stayed because of my job, I was able to, I do telemedicine now, um, go to Colorado and spend the month with him to try and keep him in school. So, I mean, I was pounding smoothie. He was already in plant-based, but <laughs> we went in the hypernutrition play. I did all the research on bone growth and stimulation and what do we need to be doing? And, you know, I asked my friends who are plant-based physicians, like, hey, this is going on. And this remarkable within um, the time, so that was February 13th, by the time he hit, oh my goodness, it was early May. So less than three months, we were already, he had come home from college for a few weeks. We we're walking five mile hikes. Um, he, uh, by June is running now, um, and completely like everything is healed. Um, and wow. you know, they just granted you're young people are like, he's young, but the, there's something about to see that type of bone restructure. And then the no pain and the swelling go away. I mean, it was like that. Um, that was just, there have been many people, I think even at that age who would have really struggled had they been feeding their bodies, you know, horrible foods. Um, it was really fun to see. And um, just, again, just thankful that he was alive, but um, hopefully a lesson learned that <laughs> you're not invincible. So young 19 year old child. <laughs> They are. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So what are your plans now? What do you, what do you have? I mean, you have, it feels like you're almost like born again, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. I have that life and then I have this life. Right. You know, uh, living to, you know, live, you know, several lifetimes or something, but um, exactly. Um, 
I'm, I just took this and that, and I, I, I'm just staying in prayer actually. Wonderful. And I, I'm, I'm just staying in prayer because I believe that I don't, I don't believe I have to really go out and seek anything per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe as long as I stay aligned mm-hmm. uh, with God and I, I stay in service, mm-hmm. um, what he, what's meant for me to do, it'll just come to me, you know, and, I'm, and, it, and so I'm very passionate about it. I've already had, you know, I'm so passionate about this lifestyle. Uh, I, I don't like preaching. It's not my way of, I'm kind of like a behind the scenes person. However, I'm like, okay, I've got to live this, you know, cause that sends a message, mm-hmm. right? I have to live yes. this. You have and to walk the talk. <laughs> I have to, I have to. So in, in all aspects, so I'm like, I have this confidence that because, because if we, to me, I, I personally feel if, if we don't, if we don't go this way, I, I can't see anything. I mean, they give the predictions and by 2050, we're, we're going to be in a sorry way. Absolutely. And I think that's even why I'm even more, as I become more educated and understand it, because there's so many things that open up to you, right? When you start looking at the foods that we're consuming, the food system, then all the many ripple effects. I mean, I never understood how the daily choices I was making would impact not only animals. I mean, because again, we live behind this curtain that's been this uh, manufactured, so we won't expose ourselves to it, but the animals, it, you do develop a compassion for animals. I always loved animals, but I never, like the, what they describe as species or whatever. I mean, where you're looking at, okay, a cow in a dog, why is one being more precious than the other in a sense of living, granted, and then how they're treated, but then also the environmental aspect, right? So we're, we're losing Amazon rainforests. We're destroying our oceans. And I think that really resonates with the younger population right now. So I think that's where we're seeing this movement grow. And so that's why I'm even more passionate about sharing the message and the, the journal that we're getting up and running. And it's just really, really important. Because once you start getting the establishments to take note and start taking action, the companies are responding, hospitals, physicians, when we all start preaching the same message and seeing these results, it will feed itself right? Because you reversed, right? You're off all medications. Yeah. How much weight did you lose? If you don't mind me asking. I lost 105 pounds. 105 pounds. Okay. So you lost a small person. And I, I <laughs> never, ever thought that would happen. Wow. And so now when I imagine you just see this ripple effect, right? So like you were describing, it's just a ripple effect in water. So that's the exciting thing is I think we're, we're going to hit a tipping point and I pray that God allow me to see it in my lifetime that where it just goes, you know, where it's like, there's a tax on meat, there's a tax on dairy where it makes it Absolutely. difficult to get those foods. And those who do have the foods have to pay extraordinary amount because it does damage to your body. It does damage to our environment, to the animals. I mean, there's so much, it's a win, win, win all the way around when you eat plants. And it's not about, it's not about, it's not about me. It's about my grandchildren. What am I leaving my grandchildren? Right. Absolutely. You know? I don't even have grandchildren yet, but geez, someday I hope to. And I, I think about that. And then also, you know, you think about 
antibiotic use and then it's in the animals and the, what does that do to our microbiome and makes us sicker, which then we need more medications. And it's just, oh, there's so many things. If we would just go to a plant-based diet, that many things get better. Just and that's everything. because you realize, you know, like, like all, all the doctors, they have, you know, a thread, the thread in common mm-hmm. of this is a, the major diseases are lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle issue. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. Yep. The lifestyle exactly. issue. You know, you, yep. you, if you do that and then you still have whatever, well then deal, you, you know, can always be dealt with, but right. you know, why not do this first? Right. Exactly. I say, you know, it may not cure everything, but it certainly is, will put you in the optimal health you can be in for you at your state in life. And so that is the key. Let's optimize your health and then we'll deal with what's left over. Whatever's, whatever card is still laying on the table, we'll take care of. That is how we need to be focused on it. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I, I'm always saying. I'm like, okay, just, just try this and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Once you feel this energy, you can't go back? No. <laughs> Honestly, why, why would anyone not want to feel this way? I'm like, okay, first of all, I've had energy. Like I've always felt people like, oh, you're like the little energizer bunny. Well, it's completely, it's a whole new beast now. Cause I used to wake up multiple times throughout the night. Like I just thought, oh, I'm just a light sleeper. Now when I sleep, I sleep sound, unless I'm really worried about something. Of course, that's just human nature. But I mean, I sleep, I go to sleep and then I wake up and I'm ready to go. Cause I get up at three 30 every morning and start working. Um, cause, and so, and I go to bed at nine and I do it again. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I, I get my six and a half, seven hours of sleep and I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Um, and it does, it doesn't, I don't know how to just, it is hard to describe, right? <laughs> it's very hard to describe. It is. <laughs> and the sleep too. Um, I also read, uh, up on Alzheimer's and, the, mm. you know, uh, how the plant-based diet, uh, helps with that. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some researchers out of Loma Linda. You yep. heard about I them. need to actually, I saw them speak and I need to interview them. The couple. Mm-hmm. Yes, wow. I need to reach out to them. I do need to reach out to them. That's a good note to remind myself. They're uh, just phenomenal. That book was yeah. just really, I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're beautiful. Uh, you know, the beautiful folks. Awesome. Well, Miss Lori, thank you so much. I don't know how to say this, but you're an inspiration and I'm thankful for sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. I'm grateful. Yeah, well, that's that's all we can be is be grateful to be in each other's presence and um, God worked his way. And I hope other people take your story and use it to inspire themselves and change. And should anyone you had mentioned want to contact you and reach out for you for advice or something, feel free to leave comments to me or send them to me and I will connect you. So I just didn't want to, you know, just put your email out there for the world to see. So right, right, right. <laughs> want to be protective over you a bit. So, but right. that will be um, a wonderful thing, but thank you again. And I hope everyone enjoyed listening to your story. Thank you so much.